Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing Book 11, Too Good to Be True. Today's guest and I met in film school at Columbia College Chicago, where we were co-presidents of the school's documentary club, Viva Doc. She's also the director of the delightfully nostalgic documentary, Old Fashioned, The Story of the Wisconsin Supper Club, coming to us from Madison, Wisconsin, filmmaker Holly D. Reuter. Hey, Kat. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I am a fan of the podcast. I've been enjoying it a lot. Thank you. Well, I was wondering if you read these books growing up. No, I was a babysitter club or Nancy Drew. Okay. Did did you know about Sweet Valley? I was thinking about that. You know, like, why didn't I read these books? Because I was a huge book nerd when I was a kid. Yeah. And I think it was because I thought the books were for older kids. Yeah. Like, the covers definitely speak, you know, like high school or college age. Yes. But when you open it up, it's clearly written for a younger crowd. But uh, the subjects that they talk about, though. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know if they're appropriate for that younger crowd. So, yeah, I think I just always saw these, but I just assumed they weren't for my demographic. I just thought that's what I would read in high school. Yeah. And I did not read them in high school. Well, because I feel like in high school, then you start getting into like assigned reading and reading becomes more of like a chore and schoolwork when I got to high school I feel like that's when my reading kind of dropped off a little bit for reading for fun that is the exact same thing happened to me yeah and I was thinking a lot and I know you haven't read these before but just about the idea of nostalgia and I was thinking about your film because your film taps in a lot into nostalgia I totally agree with you so the documentary I made is about it's like an institution within the state of Wisconsin it's a type of restaurant called a supper club it was a dining trend that was really big all across the country, but it really t- took hold in Wisconsin and is still here today. But a lot of people, like the older crowd, they love going to supper clubs because that's where they went when they were young and they wanted to go out dancing and be with friends and family. And then like the younger people like it because they're like, this is the place my grandparents took me. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of family memories tied to supper clubs. So when people see it, There's definitely a lot of uh, heartstrings that are being pulled. There's just a lot of personal connections to supper clubs. Yeah, and I feel like that personal connection is as much a part of nostalgia as like the actual physical space or story. Even with these books, it's been really cool to see how some posts that I'll put on this Lessons from Sweet Valley Facebook page, people will comment and they will tag their friends and They'll be like, remember these books, OMG, and just the memories that people have of Jessica and Elizabeth and the friends that they read them with, which is so cool. For sure. (laughs) So this book, it's called Too Good to Be True. And we sort of get a little taste of this in the last podcast. They kind of dropped a little bit of foreshadowing with the scenario of the twins splitting up over spring break. And one twin was going to stay in Sweet Valley and show around Suzanne, the daughter of a friend of Ned Wakefield. And the other twin would go to New York for spring break. So Jessica is the one that goes to New York after a little bit of drama. There's a coin flip. 
Elizabeth it's manipulation Moore. from by Jessica. Yeah, talk, yeah. Tell me about that, Holly. Well, how does <laughs> so Elizabeth like legit wins this coin flip? Yes, you know. Okay, but then like Jessica just manipulates her into giving up the trip. Yeah, because there's two events that are going on over spring break in Sweet Valley that are semi significant. One, there's like a junior class picnic, and the other mm-hmm. is Lila Fowler's birthday party, and and then Jessica is like. Well, Lila is really interested in Todd, your boyfriend. I mean, I don't think, you know, he would do anything, but you never know. And Lila is so persistent. And <laughs> Elizabeth's like, well, I don't know, maybe. And Jessica's like, okay, great. Yeah, thanks. All right. I'll see you. <laughs> see you I'm going to New York. <laughs> it's just like, what? And yeah, Jessica's just- like, the way that she sees New York is one of extreme fantasy. <laughs> So extreme. She thinks she's going to walk into Tiffany's and the owner is just going to think she's so beautiful and just, oh, here's a, what was it? An emerald necklace or something? Yeah. Something that matches her eyes. Yeah. It matches her eyes. And like, she's like, oh, thank you, but I cannot afford this. And he's like, no, it's just the pleasure of you wearing it (laughs) is good enough for me. And she thinks she's going to be discovered. She thinks she's going to see all these famous people. On the cover of Cosmo within a couple weeks. For sure. For sure. Yep. She's going to be found. She's going to be a model. Yeah. So Jessica goes off to New York. They say goodbye at the airport. Blast from the past. They're in the boarding area. The whole family waving goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I was very interested in the airport descriptions. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So they drop off Jessica and then they walk over to the other gate to pick up Suzanne and she comes out. And I mean, the way they describe Suzanne is I got to find it because it's pretty. Wow. So she's like walking toward them was the most beautiful girl she'd ever seen. This is Elizabeth. Suzanne? No, she couldn't be. This girl had to be a professional model or an actress. She was tall and willowy with black hair that tumbled in glossy waves past her shoulders. Her back was bare in a chic sundress she'd obviously worn in anticipation of the good weather. Her features couldn't have been more perfect if they'd been sculpted by Michelangelo. Elizabeth was most struck by her enormous dark fringed violet blue eyes, which were now searching the crowd outside the gate. So she's very striking. Susan. People were very taken by her appearance. And she was also seemed so nice. Yes. She was willing to do the dishes and just seemed so open to the experience and so excited. Yep. Willing to help, like you said, around the house. So, yeah, she just seems like a really great person who happens to be really beautiful, too. Yeah. I mean, literally too good to be true. (laughs) Yeah. And Elizabeth is like, well, we have this junior picnic tomorrow. I don't know. And she's like, oh, that sounds so much fun. She's like, I can't wait to meet your friends. Do you have a steady boyfriend? Can't wait to meet him. She has got a really good attitude about this spring break, which is two weeks, I guess. Their spring break is two weeks. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm like, like two week, <laughs> two week spring break. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We didn't get that. Yeah, and it's funny because at this point, the book does diverge into basically two different storylines, which is a little different. Like Jessica and Elizabeth are separate for pretty much the whole book. So we kind of go back and forth between the two storylines. So I think maybe we'll sort of do that here. We'll see how it all how it all plays out. Suzanne does mention to Elizabeth that 
She has a boyfriend, Pete. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem super high on Pete when she describes him to Elizabeth. She said something about her parents, basically, were forcing the relationship because they wanted her no longer their responsibility. They wanted her married off, it sounded like. Yes. And Elizabeth is like, what? That's so weird. And Suzanne also says that's the reason why her parents sent her to boarding school because they don't want anything to do with her. And then Elizabeth starts to worry about Jessica. She's like, oh, no, what kind of people have I sent my sister to? (laughs) But it also kind of gives you an idea of like, we're going to learn more about Suzanne. Like, how did she become this way? Yes. You know? Yes. So that speaks a lot. I think when you feel rejected by your own parents, I think that can mess you up. Yep. Good. Yep. So. So they go to this picnic. That's kind of the first event, this junior class picnic and it's on a lake and the men the the boys of sweet valley high lose their freaking minds over suzanne even like the ones there was one in particular i forget his name winston winston he never like oh no you're thinking bruce oh never mind Bruce. bruce okay yeah bruce yeah winston's like the one that like fawns over any girl right yes he's kind of the class clowny guy yeah, and then Bruce is like the hottie that all the girls want to be with, but then he knows it, so he kind of like keeps them at bay. Yes. But even Bruce was like, what is yes. this? And Winston's like serenading her, and it's just, I just so wish Jessica was there to see this. I think yeah. she would have like exploded. <laughs> yes, she would have. She would have lost her mind. <laughs> But you know who is there that I think it's kind of strange is Mr. Collins. He's the only teacher that's mentioned, right? It, yes. And I got the sense that this was some kind of school sponsored thing. That's what I thought at first. It sounds like, you know, something, you know, they sold wrapping paper to raise money for or something. Yeah, like, like the big. Party. But then it's, there's only one teacher mentioned that's there. So then it's confusing because it's like. Well, if this was like a school event, wouldn't there be more than one teacher? Yeah. This many kids? I don't know. He's the only teacher that matters. Yeah, it's true. Mr. Hottie McHottie. I know. I just, I love this description. It goes, right then, Mr. Collins was officiating at the barbecue drill, passing out sizzling hamburgers along with samples of his dry wit. (laughs) (laughs) And then Elizabeth noticed Suzanne following his movements with her eyes. Well, why not? Roger Collins was without a doubt the best looking teacher at Sweet Valley. With his windblown strawberry blonde hair and crinkly blue eyes, he reminded Elizabeth a little of Robert Redford. (laughs) Dude, Robert Redford gets mentioned a lot in the Sweet Valley series, I feel like. I love when they mention celebrities. So Suzanne definitely, she notices Mr. Collins right off the bat. Oh, yeah. At his grill station. Yes. (laughs) And I guess another thing we forgot that Elizabeth and Suzanne, they spent some time before the picnic swimming in Elizabeth's pool. And Elizabeth is like, oh, Suzanne is such a good swimmer. She's a great athlete, like great swimmer, great tennis player. Good at everything. She is. Everything. So she at one point kind of goes out swimming in the lake by herself, which I always thought was so shocking because I feel like some guy would be like, Suzanne, I'm going to come swim with you. She kind of goes off by herself. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. One minute she's every guy's tripping over trying to get to her. Yeah. And then somehow she's able to like sneak off. Yeah. And so she goes out in the lake and just kind of just like swimming around and then there's a problem. And is it Elizabeth who notices? I think Elizabeth noticed. Yeah. She's like, I think Suzanne is in trouble. And then Mr. Collins snaps to attention and he just drops his like 
hot dog or whatever, the grill <laughs> spatula yeah. thing, and just runs out into the ocean. Or it's whatever. Like the lake. Sorry. The lake. <laughs> Make, making this a lot more dramatic than it probably was. It would make more sense if it was the ocean, if she was having trouble swimming. Because oceans have, like, riptides and stuff. Yeah. As a Wisconsinite, you're you're doubting this lake yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fine. If she's a strong swimmer, unless she gets like hit by a boat or something, <laughs> there's yeah, you need a current to really get in trouble. And most lakes, you're not going to run into that unless a river is running through. Yeah, I don't think it's legit. Well, you were right. Elizabeth was kind of thought she, and it kind of came in her mind like, oh, that's interesting. Like. Huh, I thought she was a really good swimmer. I don't know. But she doesn't think that much of it. But Roger Collins runs out there, saves her and drags her back. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's all draped over him. Yep. <laughs> and he goes to get up to, like, you know, go back to barbecue duty. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm so weak. Just let me lean on you for a little bit. <laughs> And he's like, uh, I think you should probably go home. And she's like, oh, never. I'm fine. Now. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. So I feel like he's he's being kind, but he's not going above and beyond. He's like, I'm not going to sit here yeah. with you draped over me for the next half an hour. Yeah. You know? He's like the only one in this series that seems to understand that, like, these are 16 year old girls, right? Yeah. This teacher Just is like the up. one person who seems to have a clear idea of what is and is not OK for Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So after this picnic, the phone is ringing off the hook. (laughs) It says Winston calls 12 times, which I'm like, that's a a lot. It's stalking. It's a little bit much. It's crossing the line. He also serenaded her on the lawn and he wrote, I love you, Susie, in toilet paper on the lawn. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, that's is this a lot. like a fantasy? Is this like what a 16 year old girl would want? Like these guys declaring their love? I mean, maybe. I guess that would be nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liz and Jessica have these matching ne- necklaces, which I wanted to ask you they're called lavaliers. Yes. Have you heard about that type of necklace? No, you know, we both work in film and video, so yeah. I just started to think about the lavalier mic. Yeah, like it's a type so of I microphone. Googled it. Yeah, okay. I Googled yeah. it. Yeah, and it was funny because it's got like a Wikipedia page. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like a legit thing. Well, you know, but it's just funny how when you Google it, not much comes up. It's not like a really common word. If- yeah. Yeah, let me read what Wikipedia has to say. Yeah, it is an item of jewelry consisting of a pendant, sometimes with one stone, and pendulous and centered from the neck, from a necklace. Mm, Okay, there we go. Yeah, so Jessica and Elizabeth have these lavaliers they received on their 16th birthday. It's an important necklace to them, both of them. And Liz goes missing, and Suzanne is very quick to help her try to find it. Happy Um, to help out like always. Like always. And at this point, you're just like, this girl is just so perfect. But okay, so if you met somebody like this in real life, would you be a little suspicious? I mean, I I feel like when I meet really nice people who are super friendly, like a little too friendly. Yeah. You're always like, what's, what do you want? What's your deal? You know, (laughs) I do find myself putting my guard up. Yeah. Elizabeth is just like, you're perfect. You're amazing. Because no one is that perfect. 
No. It does not feel authentic. And I get it that she she's meeting these people for the first time. So you're kind of, you're sort of trying to be on a little bit. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But it's still, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot for sure. But on page 56, so we get to page 56 before we get our first sense of Suzanne's internal monologue. So that's when we go into Suzanne's brain the, for the first time. And it's, they're going to think to the beach. And after they've been looking for Elizabeth's necklace, Suzanne, yeah, it says she hooks an arm through Elizabeth as they headed out the door. Still smiling, she reached into her shorts pocket with her other hand, fingering the gold necklace that lay coiled inside. A pretty little trinket, she thought with satisfaction. Wahahaha. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so that's the first, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is what we're dealing with here. Yeah, she does not appear to be who she is. Exactly. And while this is happening, Jessica is in New York, and she has met Suzanne's boyfriend, Pete. Mm -hmm. He comes to the apartment, the Devlin's apartment, Mm -hmm. to drop off some tickets him and Suzanne were going to go to a piano concert. And since she's not there, he was going to drop off the tickets to see if the parents wanted to use them instead. So thoughtful. So thoughtful. very thoughtful of Pete. Pete McCafferty is his name. And Jessica loses her mind about. Pete. She's like boy hungry. She's like, well, oh, and yeah. he's a little bit older, which is just these 16 year old girls really seem to be in to college age boys. Yes. <laughs> He calls the Devlins by their first names, Tom and Felicia. And Jessica was like, that is so sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) Which I can sort of understand because I can't even call my childhood friends' parents by their first names. Like at this point, it's just, I can't do it. But that really impressed Jessica. So mature and worldly. Yeah, and Jessica has done a couple things in New York before she met Pete. She went shopping with Mrs. Mm -hmm. Devlin. They went to Saks. And she was shocked at the prices, right? So shocked. She was going to buy Elizabeth the scarf, and she was like, oh, it was like $75. And then she's like, well, maybe I'll just get these free samples at the perfume counter, and I'll just say that I bought them. (laughs) I mean, there's no shame in that. No, she's being smart and frugal about spending her money. Uh, they also go to the Russian Tea Room. Have you been to the Russian Tea Room? No, I've always wanted to go. Well, apparently there's a lot of celebrities that hang out there, according to People Magazine. I know. I like that there's this whole reference, celebrities lunch there all the time. <laughs> and she didn't see anybody. She says, but the closest she got was a waiter who vaguely resembled Paul Newman. There we go. <laughs> But then she said, still, she wasn't too disappointed. Obviously, the people who ate there were simply oozing with money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So shallow. (laughs) Jessica's very impressed by New York. The idea of New York, I should say. So, you know, when when she meets Pete and he comes in and is like, I'm dropping off these tickets. Jessica instantly is like, woman with a mission. And she does know that this is Suzanne's boyfriend, right? Yeah. And it does not matter. It does not matter. No, which it was so hard for me to just wrap my head around that because she went after him hard. It's not just like, oh, let's hang out and go grab lunch. She was like full on trying to seduce him. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And Pete's reaction is interesting because he knows what she's doing. Oh, he's totally playing games with her. Yes. Yeah, he's enjoying all the attention and playing hard to get. Yes. And he's like, oh, you're into piano? And she's like, I love Horowitz. And and he's like, well, what did you think of the last recording? And she's like, that was interesting. (laughs) He's like, I found it a little dry, actually. And eventually she just comes to it and just basically asks for what she wants. She's like, I'm not doing anything. I really want to go. So if you still want to go, I would go with you. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll pick you up at 530 or whatever. And it's out. Do you think she wanted to go out and like seduce him so she had a story to tell when she went home? Or do you think it's more about she's so shallow and so dependent on like men falling over her? She like needed to make that happen for that reason. It's just kind of like, what's the motivation behind this? This is the question of the book. Because right now we have basically a tale of two seductions. We have Jessica. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I mean, that's what it is. There's, uh-huh. par- there's a parallel storyline going on here <laughs> with these two, with Jessica and Pete and Suzanne and Mr. Collins. Yeah, so let's just, let's track that a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because the next interaction that Suzanne has with Mr. Collins is when they're going to drop off an article because her, Todd, and Suzanne are on the way to the beach. And Elizabeth's like, I need to swing by Mr. Collins to drop off this article. Mm -hmm. So they get there and Suzanne is like, I'll bring it back to him. And so be nice, be nice. She's being playing it off. Exactly. Back, you know, like you stay here in the car. And- yeah, she she's very good at what she does, Suzanne. She's very good. <laughs> so yeah, so Suzanne goes to the back. I I think she knocks on the door or or does she just go to the backyard first? Because wasn't he doing like lawn work or something? He was he, he, yes. he had his shirt off. Like, he had his shirt off. Hello. Is, and like a red bandana. Yes. Good know. memory. <laughs> You know, I might have been thinking about it for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, he's got the hose. He's (laughs) got the shirt off, which is like seeing a teacher with their shirt off as like a high schooler is like that. That's like too much. It's too jarring. I mean, seeing your teacher outside of school is always weird enough. The fact that you're going to their house. okay, that's weird. Oh, my gosh. They're like shirtless. (laughs) I'm just going to leave this at your door. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No need for us to interact. But Suzanne is very happy to see that a shirtless Mr. Collins. Oh, yeah. That's what she wanted. So she like makes a sound and he like is startled a little bit. And and she's like, oh, did I scare you? He's like, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then she's doing kind of her way of really going at it with Mr. Collins. Yeah. She like has her tactics that I think has worked for her in the past with men and she really likes to feel power, I think. And so she has this like this way of staring at them, she says, and holding their gaze and really trying to like bring them into her world. And Mr. Collins is not responding like men usually do. Yeah, he knows what's going on. He's played these games before. Yeah. He has a son and he's divorced. Yes. He yes. loses his job over this. Yes. Yeah. So you think about Pete's reaction to Jessica's tactics and Mr. Collins. It's like both men are aware what these women, these, I should say children. I mean, they're, they're teenagers. I they mean, are. they're not they're... even really women. There's their 16 year old. 
And Pete is, I forgot how old Pete was. He was like 20 or something. Okay. So Pete's older too. It's like, these are teenage girls. So both men are aware. Pete's kind of playing along. Mr. Collins is like holding the boundaries. Yeah. So those are the two opposing reactions in this case. And the this is a very disturbing part. Oh, this is just like this was so cringeworthy what happens next in that backyard. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, where she's like, I'm thirsty. Let me have some water from your water hose. Oh. And then she like purposely, oopsies, it got all over. And she was wearing a white top, right? Yes. I mean she was wearing uh, a bikini. Like a thin, yeah, she had a bikini on underneath, yes. but she just like let the water just like fall oh. down all over her, you know, breast. And, oh. uh, <laughs> it is like you said, there were so many moments in this book where you're just cringing. You're just like, oh, and I mean, Mr. Collins, he at one point, Suzanne was like, he took a glance, but that might have just been in her head. But I think he was he was taking yeah. it in, but in yeah. a way more like, OK, this is not good here. Yeah, for sure. And after she got her shirt all wet, she was like, oh, I, I'm so clumsy. I don't know what I'm doing. And he kind of says under his breath, you know just what you're doing. Exactly. And then his kid comes out, Teddy. And then Suzanne is like trying to make nice with the kids. So then she's trying to get the kid to like her. And it's she's like throwing all the tactics out and there. There's all these people waiting in a car for her. Yeah, they're like, about much, to go to the how beach. Much time, how much time has passed? Why? <laughs> you would think one of them would get out and be like, you okay? Like, what's going on? We're, yeah, we're like, how long does it take you to pass over a manila envelope with, like, an article in it? I know, right? Yeah. First, you got to seduce them. And then it's like, when she comes back to the car, it's like, Suzanne, why is your T-shirt soaking wet? You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> The way this is written, it always makes it sound like these young women who are 16 are very good at what you know the, the seducing and yes. like flaunting their bodies. Yes. Like the book just makes it sound so like in a positive light. Yeah, like so adult. You yeah. know, you think of like The Graduate uh-huh. or, you know, yeah. m- movies with women seducing men. It's like that kind yes. of language and Yeah. It is quite disturbing. It just makes me think, you know, these books were written for really young girls. Mm -hmm. Probably not high school girls, probably junior high girls. Yeah, I think it's 12 and above is what it says. Yeah. And it's just like, what are girls supposed to take away from this? (laughs) That's the question of the day, Holly. I was really racking my brain. There's even more that happens after this that you're like, what? (laughs) I know. So in New York... Jessica's kind of feeling the same sort of rejection or not even Suzanne doesn't feel rejected quite yet. She kind of still thinks that she's in control here. But Jessica Mm -hmm. is they go to the piano concert. She goes with Pete. They go eat at Windows on the World. Oh, yeah. The World Trade Center. Yeah. At the top of the World Trade Center. And they served her wine and they didn't even bat an eye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica's drinking wine. Pete's like, you know, engaging her in conversation, but it's not what she's used to. This is not, it's kind of similar to Suzanne where it's like her normal tricks are not working on Pete. Yeah. Do you think Pete's just, is he respecting Suzanne by not engaging in a flirtatious way? Or is he just kind of going through the motions like, hey, I'm just hanging out with this person and. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I, this is what, this is the vibe that I got from Pete and Suzanne. I got major Cruel Intentions vibes. Have you seen that movie? 
Yeah, it's been a while, but I know what you're talking about. It's these rich kids who think incredibly highly of themselves and just enjoy kind of playing with people and sort of manipulating people. That's how I felt what Pete was doing. I felt like he was kind of just playing with Jessica, almost like a game. He kept calling her little Jessica, you know? Knowing it will probably upset her because she wants to be seen as a woman. Yes. I don't think it was anything about respect with Suzanne. I feel like if Suzanne comes back, Pete would tell her all about this and she would think it was like funny. And then Suzanne would show off her trinket, one of her tokens from one of her conquests, Elizabeth's necklace. Because that's what she called it. She called it a trinket. 100%. Suzanne was probably so excited to come out West and she's like, fresh meat. When we get more of that internal dialogue, she's always talking about how gullible and naive these people are. Not just Elizabeth, but like her parents and stuff. Yes. And yeah, and the whole town. She's like this small town full of, (laughs) I don't know the words that she used, but they were not nice words about Sweet Valley. About the citizens. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I totally think Pete is like the Ryan Phillippe character and Suzanne is like Sarah Michelle Gellar. And that was in my head, the hunt of the way I was thinking about the two of them, the whole book. No, that totally makes sense. And I'm really happy you brought that point up. Thank you. I like connecting the two, this couple, you know, Suzanne yes. and Pete and their, their sick ways. Yeah. And I even think that when Suzanne was like, oh, Pete, he's just uh, whatever, whatever. I think that was like a game too. I think her and Pete are probably like meant for each other. Clearly they are with their psychotic <sighs> I mean, manipulation. Really? Yeah. So when Pete drops Jessica off at back at the Devlin's, she's also trying more of her tactics. She's like, I'm so afraid to be in the apartment by myself. And... And he's like, I think you'll be fine. You're good. And she's, yeah, she's doing everything to get this guy up yes. to the apartment. She knows the parents aren't there. Yeah. Because they don't come back until late. They're never around. Yes. And so I can imagine her frustration if she's like used to like having to push the boys away. Yeah. You know? And she is like furious when when he doesn't come up. She's just so angry. Yeah, for sure. So the next big thing that happens in this book, I guess, is Todd has Laker tickets and he kind of came upon them last minute and he brings them over to Elizabeth at her house. And she's like, I can't do it. Cause I offered I'm babysitting for Mr. Collins's son, Teddy tonight. And of course, Suzanne's in the next room and she's like, I can do it. <laughs> Happy to solve that problem. Yes. I'm so helpful. <laughs> yes, of course. Except this one, she really has some dark intentions. Oh. What is your thought, Holly, about Elizabeth not really telling Mr. Collins that Suzanne was going to take her place? I mean, Elizabeth was totally pushing like, oh, I should call Mr. Collins and let him know that you're coming and I'm not coming. And she kept on saying that over and over again. But Suzanne basically played it down and was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, basically, he's just going to be happy if someone shows up and he can go out. It doesn't matter. Right. So, yeah, Elizabeth, she's a 16 year old girl. She's still learning life lessons she should have called that guy up to be like heads up somebody else is coming over to watch your kid i mean nowadays i feel like people are so much more oh my god i know as far as like who who can stay with their child can you imagine rando that came from the east coast that we kind of know and we're gonna leave her with your kid well yeah and mr collins he does leave her with his kid and he he isn't happy about it and he's like disappointed with elizabeth because he's like it's just not like her yeah not not call me and tell me that i mean that's because we got a manipulative (laughs) guest in our midst yeah 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> to leave your kid with a complete stranger who his behavior has been questionable at best. Yeah, that's a good point. He knows that she's weird. I also feel like this has come up, I think, a couple different times in different books is just how things have changed so much. Yeah, that's true. Yes. People are just more chill about things. Yeah. Nowadays, you have to like find your babysitter online and have a background check. Yes. Me and my parents left us with responsible people. We were like, yeah, the girl next door is coming over. Yeah, but at least it was like a neighbor. That's some yeah. random East Coast person who just <laughs> came into town for our two weeks. <laughs> you knew where they we lived. Tried to seduce you. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> leave them with times. my kid. Perfect idea. It's, it's when Mr. Collins leaves and she's mean to Teddy that I like, I was just so off. I'm like, you do not be mean to a child. She was really mean she to the kid. So mean. Like, and then after being so nice to him when Mr. Collins mm-hmm. was around and he was like, Suzanne, why are you mad at me? I thought we were friends. And she's like, I'm busy. And I was like, my heart is breaking for Teddy right now. <laughs> and she basically yeah, just like, goes upstairs. Yeah, she went to Snoop. She like told yes. the kid, like, go watch some TV. Yeah. And then she like went looking in Mr. Collins bedroom it said something about a playboy like she was disappointed she didn't even find a playboy yes <laughs> and then doesn't she take up did she take a bath yeah well yeah why would you take a bath at someone else's house isn't that weird um it is weird it is she's compl- psycho so she's I guess very she's odd thinking and then mr collins comes back and of course we all kind of see what's coming here with mr collins you know she kind of wraps her arms around his neck and he's like suzanne no you're confused and she's, yep. she's trying all the tactics. She's like, yep. you know, you want to kiss me. And he's like, no, I'm taking you home. And she doesn't respond super well <laughs> to that. No, she doesn't. She, it reminds me of like how Jessica reacts to rejection. Like 100%. 100%. They, just, they won't accept it. Mm-hmm. And if it happens that they've been wronged and somebody else has to pay. Absolutely. And they storm out, they're crying. (laughs) And I get it's hard when someone doesn't like you and it's upsetting, but these are like primal childhood type tantrums, in my opinion. Yeah. One minute they want to be sophisticated older women and then the next minute they're having a tantrum. Exactly. It's like, that doesn't go together. Yeah. And that's like Suzanne's seduction rock bottom. I called it in my notes. (laughs) Which is... Oh boy, seduction rock bottom. That's a great term when referring to 16-year-olds. Yikes. But this is a teenager's world and we're just visitors in their heads. So with that, that concludes part one of book 11, Too Good to Be True. Join us next week for the conclusion of the twins' two-week spring break. What will happen between Jessica and Pete? And will Sweet Valley ever be the same after Suzanne's reign of terror? We will see you next week. Join us. Until then, please consider subscribing to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Lessons from Sweet Valley and would love to hear your memories of the series, feedback on the shows, and if you're interested in being a future guest. Thanks so much again for listening, and we will see you next week for part two of Book 11, Too Good to Be True. Spring break! Woohoo!